The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Christ. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus and what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They said, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I don't know if you spent the week thinking about that gospel or if you even knew it was coming. (laughs) Maybe it just slapped you in the face. I've been thinking about it for quite some time. I thought about it this week when I lamented once more that I haven't gotten to the gym yet. And I thought, really? (laughs) For exercise? for good looks. I thought about it as I've listened to the rancor around immigration and taxes and all of the things that we all so often hear. I think that it's so appropriate that it comes on Commitment Sunday, and that is completely the work of the Spirit. I did not choose a gospel so that it would match what we wanted to do or move Commitment Sunday. They just fell together. But I think that it's very rich because it helps us discern exactly what the good news is. It's a fabulous story. And it falls in this series of discourses that are called the conflict stories in Matthew, where Jesus is battling week after week after week with authorities. And the gospel is very clear today that this is really not a question 
that's posed to him, certainly not one that there is a right answer for. Whatever he says is a trap, complete trap. So what's more interesting is it shows the ingenuity of the human condition and how conniving we can be when we need to get what we want. Because here you have two opposing parties, the Pharisees, who are all about Torah, and the Herodians, who are supporting imperial rule, and they've been brought together See, our enemies can be useful to us. Maybe that's why we should keep them close by. We might need them sometime. And so they hand Jesus this coin with the pious question, should we pay taxes to the emperor? Now, if he says yes, the Pharisees have everything they need. He is against Torah. Because you see, this tax was not just any tax. They had many taxes they paid. This one was a poll tax that was levied especially at them as a dispossessed people. They were not citizens of the Roman Empire, but they were subject to it. And that's what this tax was collected for. So to pay that tax for a good, believing, pious, Torah-practicing Jew is the same, really, as blasphemy. You're giving to this occupying power that which should be reserved for God. And if he says, no, don't pay the tax, then the Herodians can say, see, he has to be taken away. No way can this be a man of God because he's not a man of the emperor. So Jesus, I think, very aware of the, the position he's in, says rather flippantly, what coin? <laughs> Give me this coin. And when he gets the coin, he says, whose image is this? Now just imagine the irony of that. This is a coin with the image of the emperor on it. The emperor of the world. You would have had to have been born under a rock and lived in complete seclusion all of your life to even have the possibility of not knowing who that is. And I think what Jesus is saying to them is, this doesn't really concern me. I'm not about the empires of this world. And so give the coin back to the man whose picture it is. But give to God what is God's. And many scholars would suggest that the really edgy thing Jesus is saying is exactly give the land back to God. This is the land of God's possession, where Torah is to be lived out. It isn't the possession of anyone else. 
Now, this reading today falls into like a whole bookshelf of readings. It's really quite remarkable. It doesn't happen every Sunday, but it did today. So at the beginning of the bookshelf is this wonderful story from Exodus, the beginning of our sacred journey where the people don't know God yet, God hasn't spoken to them, but is in conversation with Moses. And listen to what this happens over and over. God says, I know you. I know you. And then I'll protect you in the cleft of a rock as I pass by. And you can begin to get a sense of my glory. Now we had an option with the Hebrew Bible reading. We could have chosen the other track, which would have put us into Isaiah. And the reading from Isaiah comes at the very end of Isaiah, a time in which the people have, in fact, entered the land, which Exodus is prefiguring, but it's been taken away from them again. The temple has been destroyed. The Babylonians have come in to rule over them, and they're completely dispossessed. That would not have fallen on deaf ears in Matthew's community, living after the destruction of the second temple, and now a Roman occupying government again. Will the land ever be God's again? And at the end of the bookshelf, this epistle from Paul, 1 Thessalonians, the earliest Christian writing in our canon. And all that Paul is really concerned to say in that is what you heard in the last sentence. Jesus Christ, whom God raised from the dead. You want to know who this God is? It's the God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And you'll know that God when you practice compassion and when you practice justice and when you're allowed that resurrection in your own life and in the life of others. And then we come to the gospel and Jesus right in the center of the shelf. And Jesus saying, there is a choice. God's kingdom or the emperor's kingdom? Which one will you choose? Now, like most questions, it doesn't go unanswered. It comes up again at the end of Matthew's gospel, but this time not as a question that's asked to Jesus. Whose kingdom is it? It's a question that's asked to all of the people, and there again, the Pharisees and the Herodians and all of the elders gathered. And Pontius Pilate says, I have two men. Which one do you want me to release? I've got Barabbas, Jesus Barabbas. Look at Matthew's gospel. And I've got Jesus the Messiah. Jesus Barabbas, Barabbas, Bar, Abba, Jesus the son of the father, Barabbas, 
or Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the Father. And we know what happens. They choose Jesus Barabbas. Now, what makes it more perplexing and more intriguing is that Jesus Barabbas was actually, the gospel tells us, an insurrectionist who had committed crimes against the emperor and the empire. And yet he's a safer bet to release back out into society than this one who says, peace and God's kingdom. We're not sure about this Jesus of Nazareth, but Jesus Barabbas we can keep in control. So, yeah, he's happy to hand him back over. See, at the heart of all of this, I think, is exactly what we're celebrating today. It is Pledge Sunday. We love contribution. We give them. We give attribution. We sing praise to people. We give praise to God through our contributions. They've, they've built this fabulous, beautiful building and the ministries here. But there's something deeper, Jesus says, than even that. That's the kind of thing you give to the emperor to praise. There's something deeper, and it's called complete trust, complete pledging of self into God. And that's what our understanding of pledge is really about. Our time, our talent, and our treasure all together called stewardship. And it's not for recognition. It's to participate in this kingdom that's being offered and that we can realize. We make that pledge over and over, and we invite everyone that's gathered with us, pledge or no pledge, to gather around a table because that's the inclusion that we know. But today we'll celebrate the fact that we can lay down that baptismal commitment and covenant and say, this is what, with God's help, I'm trying to do. It doesn't matter what the amount is. It matters that it's an expression of your deepest sense of being and your deepest sense of belonging. And it is a sacramental of God's grace and glory and presence. So later in the service, we'll be able to bring those pledges forward and we'll place them in the baptismal font where they belong and the water that goes out from that font in this community in so many ways of ministry, it's so many ways of healing, so many ways of justice. We'll answer that question today. Will it be the emperor's kingdom or whatever emperor is going to come later? Or will it be God's kingdom? Amen.